Hi, Seth MacFarlane here, letting you know that Once Upon a Time will not be seen on ABC on Sunday, February 24th, in order to make way for a little variety show I like to call the 85th Annual Academy Awards. Hope to see you then. You're listening to the official ABC Once Upon a Time podcast. I'm your host, Estoma Gecki, and I'm here with the creators and executive producers of Once, Adam Horowitz and Eddie Kitsis, who will guide you through a recap of Manhattan, episode 214. Hi, guys. Hi. Hello. hello. Thank you for listening. So this week, we connect the balefire dots, and we also learn about significant events that shaped Rumpel's life. Yes. In fact, in the first scene when Rumpel meets Mila, they seem really happy, which is wonderful to see. You know, we wanted to show that that period of time in Rumpel's life where he was happy and where his marriage was good and where she was in love with him and where everything was different than we'd ever seen before and to show something we'd never seen of Rumpel, which was a, a happy and excited and hopeful Rumpel. And, you know, for us what was interesting is you get a little bit of his backstory, which was his father was a coward. And so his fear was ending up like his father. And, you know, it's that fear of ending up like his father, which, of course, leads to him returning from the battlefield, which, of course, will end up resulting in him losing his son. You know, originally the episode started a little differently, which was that the first fairy tale flashback scene was of a young boy. You know, he wakes up in the middle of the night and he sees his father and his father looks harried and he says, what are you doing? And the father says, oh, I just need to go get water. And the father leaves and the boy goes, but you forgot the pail. And the little boy goes out and you see that the father was running out on him. And you realize that this is Rumpelstiltskin. This is his father. His father the is- The little boy is Rumpelstiltskin. Little boy is Rumpelstiltskin. His father owes money to these two men and he was trying to run out and they end up killing the father in front of him. And you realize the father was going to abandon him and his father was a coward. His father was running away from responsibility and from his life, and Rumpel witnessed this ultimate act of cowardice, saw his father die, and it's haunted him his, his whole life. And what we realized in putting together the episode was that you get the sense in the scene of the happy domestic Rumpel of like what he wants to be and that he is haunted by the father. And you know, while the scene was, we thought, really cool and all that, we didn't feel like it added to the episode in a way where, you know, we needed it, but it's something we may put on the DVD and it's kind of a fun little And and it's kind of hinted at with the seer when she says, you know, son of a coward and and raised by spinsters. Yeah, because at the end of the scene when Rumpel's father is killed and the men who kill him so take him to the spinsters. And we realized that that's where he learned his spinning. Later, when Henry, Emma and Rumpel are looking at the door buzzers in New York City, Henry asks, do any of these names mean anything to you? Mm-hmm. And he replies, well, names are what I traffic in, but sadly, no. What is the significance of names to Rumpel? Well, that is a story that hasn't been told yet. So perhaps uh, that is a season three backstory. But as we know throughout, names mean a lot to Rumpel. He asked for Emma's name, and that seemed to have an effect. And we know even from the actual mythology of Rumpelstiltskin, you know, the original Miller's daughter story was, you know, if you can guess my name. So Rumpel says to Henry, my son's been running away for a long time now, but I felt like that wasn't entirely accurate. Well, his son wanted him to choose him over power and the dark side. So, you know, as we saw in season one, when Rumpel chose the dagger over the son, the son did run away. I would say this, though. It is true. Rumpel abandoned his son just like his father tried to do to him. But what we don't know is what happened after. And that is to say... Perhaps the son didn't want to be found. 
So during that same conversation on the streets of New York City, when Rumpel and Henry are waiting for Emma, Rumpel says that the circumstances surrounding their separation weren't quite as noble. And I really love Henry's reply. He says, you're here now and you want him back. And that's all that matters. I think forgiveness is the bigger theme of the season. You know, Regina looks for forgiveness and redemption and Rumpel tries with his son and obviously with Belle to be a better man. And in this episode, Emma lies to Henry and he realizes it. Now she's looking for forgiveness. And it's a lot of the season. I think there's a big theme of people who regret decisions they made and wonder, can they come back from it? You know, there are moments with Henry where he seems older than he is, like in the pilot when he turned to Emma and said, I realize you gave me up because you wanted me to have my best chance. We loved that moment so much and we love when Henry's like that. We thought it was great for him to give it to his grandpa without realizing it. I thought that the seer was really amazing as well. I loved all of the seer scenes. Oh yeah. Thank you. She says that Rumpel can't prevent the future yet he actually does alter his future because she tells it to him and then he finds a way to change it. How does he change the future? By crippling himself. But but does he change the future? No, she said to him very clearly, your actions on the battlefield tomorrow will leave you fatherless because he was crippled. Childless. Childless. Because he crippled himself, he came home. Yep. Him crippling himself on the battlefield and then coming home set in a chain of events into play that led to Balfire leaving and left him childless. Had he stayed on the battlefield and potentially survived the battle and come back a hero and not a coward, things might have been very different. As he says at the end, because he returned home, we know that Mila eventually ran off with Captain Hook. He was left with his son. His son was drafted in the war. Because he tried to save his son, he became the Dark One. Because he came the Dark One, he chose the knife over his son, therefore abandoning his son in a portal, leaving him to go to a new land. And that's the frightening thing for Rumpel, which is about seeing the future, which is so far in his experience, you can't change it. It is what it is, and it's fate. And because of that, what he learns at the end of the episode is particularly disturbing to him. And what he also learns from this year about the future is it's not always what you think it is. So that the pieces of the puzzle and how you see them with the ability of foresight is never enough to put the whole puzzle together and make it clear. So there was a literal meaning and then there was what actually transpired, exactly. at least for me. And that's, I think, what the seer means when she talks about what seeing the future means, which is it's never what you think. You may think you know how the pieces fit together, but you don't. So what she told Rumpel was completely true and he took it one way and then he learned the hard way that the pieces actually clicked together slightly differently, but everything she said did remain true. Yeah, I did squirm when he used the mallet on his leg, by the way. We always talked about it when we talked about Bobby, he had to do it to himself. The seer was also gone at that point. Did she escape? Was she moved? Or was it trickery like the original guard warned? Well, I think that that is potentially room for a story later. She was a prisoner and she was being used by this army, but to what great effect, we don't know yet. And for all we know, she was moved to, you know, she was there just in transit. You know, that was the way station. And then she was brought to the generals. But we know that Rumpelstiltskin ended the war, so perhaps he freed her at one point. Yeah, and he does find her later much, much later, as we see at the end of the episode, and she appears to be free then. 
And when he does return to Mila, she says, you could have died, implying that he really should have and that that would have been the honourable thing to do. Their viewpoints are so different. He sees that what he did was actually more honourable. Yeah, well, in his mind, he didn't want his son to grow up like he did without a father, and that trumped being a coward. And what Mila's saying is, I've lived with you and I've seen your life and I've heard you say it in your entire life you were trying to escape the shadow of being the son of a coward. Now you've just done it to our son. Later on in New York City, Rumpel says to Henry that seeing the future is maybe not the gift that one would expect. He says that the future is like the puzzle with missing pieces, difficult to read and never, never what you think, which is something that the seer warned mm -hmm. her about. And she actually even said, take this burden from me. Right. And it's a burden for exactly the reason that Rumpel learns in this episode, which is in his experience, you can't avoid it. Like when he learned he was childless, he thought he could avoid it, but he wasn't able to. And that's what he means when he's telling Henry that it's not a gift, it's a burden at times. And then he's also explaining to him that it also isn't what it seems. What he thought was going to happen wasn't what happened, but he wound up there anyway. Nor is it a great gift, as he said, you know, surprises are the treat of life. We also see what Neil saw in August's box. Yeah. It was very simple and very elegant. So was it really fate that Emma and Neil met? Yeah. Seems like it. Yeah, it is, you know, as kind of hinted at in the episode and talked about, there is an element to fate and destiny and that that is what we're seeing transpire in these stories. And we're seeing characters who are fighting against and coming to terms with those very issues. And the scenes between Neil, Balefire, and Rumpel are really powerful. Yeah. Rumpel says to Neil, you came back to me. And Neil replies, I came to make sure you didn't hurt her. Yeah. He obviously still loves Emma. I think that when Emma in the bar scene says she made a deal, he knows what happens when people make deals with their father. And he does, of course, love her. He gave her up because August said she had to fulfill her destiny. He didn't give her up because he fell out of love with her. And I think, you know, unfortunately... So much time has passed and so much has happened and she's so hurt that he understands that, at least in his mind, that was probably a door that got closed off to him, but that doesn't mean you stop loving someone. Later in that scene on the fire escape between Henry and Emma, Henry compares Emma to Regina. Yeah. I felt like it was an unfair characterization. I think that you have the benefit of being calm and at home. <laughs> and in the moment, Henry feels like the one person that he thought was this beacon of goodness has lied to him and Regina lied to him. Regina lied to him because Henry says, I think this town is a bunch of fairy tales and everything is cursed. And Regina said, no, you're gonna go to therapy. And she continually lied, even though she thought it was in his best interest. Emma just did the same thing. But of course she did it because she didn't want to think about Neil because she was so heartbroken. And she says that to him, but that is hard for a child to understand. So in that moment, Henry just feels lied to by the person that he trusted the most. And I think that hurts anyone. And look, Regina did a lot of good things as Henry's mother over the years, particularly before Emma showed up, but she did bad things too. And when Henry became aware of them, those lies, that started to undo the good that she had done and made things really complicated and difficult for him. And Emma has to be held to the same standard. If she's going to be his mother, she's got to learn the consequences of lying to her child and what that's gonna mean to that relationship. Regina, as she said, Regina is his mother. And you know, in the beginning of the year, he does not want her to 
die. And she also understands that the years of lying to him were wrong. And so in the first part of the season, you really see her trying to not lie to him, to try and redeem herself. And you see how hard that is for her. And that's what's so hard about the show is also is the fact that in the same respect, she created a horrible curse and ripped away everybody and the things they love. So, you know, it's a very complicated family because you have people like Regina who have ripped out hearts and crushed them and hurt people. But at the same time, she really truly loves Henry. All of this is just tough for him. In the scene between Rumpel and Neil, Rumpel says to him, I can take away your pain. And I love Neil's response. He says, that would take away who I am. Yeah. And I feel like that's a recurring theme as well. People live with the pain because it makes them who they are. Right. You see how desperate Rumpel is that once again he's relying on magic as a crutch. And his son is once again rejecting that. And it is what makes him Rumpel, knowing that he was the son of a coward, is what makes him. And the pain of losing his son is what carries him. And that they all carry their pain with them. And I think that it is, you know, who you are is who you are. When Balfire says during that scene, you choose all this crap over me, letting me go, now it's my turn. Of course, he delivered it a lot better. Yeah. <laughs> Neil's so noble in that moment. And that scene was the scene that I was referring to that's incredibly powerful. Yeah, that's one of our favorite scenes. Going back to Storybrooke, Regina put Belle to sleep. Mm -hmm. Was that just putting her to sleep so that she could pillage through her bag? Of course. It wasn't like restoring her memories nope. or making her... No, it was Or, like, or taking memories. No, it was no. an old-fashioned, I'm going to steal something from you. You know, she couldn't just walk around the other side of the bed after she put her to sleep and just write Regina through. likes to do things with panache. And of course, The Stranger has a nice YouTube video now. He does. He does. He sure is collecting some interesting footage and some knowledge. Well, listen, if you went to a town and you saw these crazy things going on, you would be like, uh, uh, no one's going to believe me unless I tape this. That's true. In the library, after Hook reads the map, Cora literally throws him away. And she has a rather convincing evil plot that she proposes mm -hmm. to Regina. But I feel at this point she still can't be trusted. She has some kind of agenda as to why she wants to get that dagger. Yeah, yeah. I would keep watching. I'd keep watching. It's a very powerful dagger, but she makes a very compelling case, which is, you know, it does kind of put Regina blameless. And then back with Rumpel and the Seer. In the Seer's first exchange with Rumpel, she says, one day you'll help me again. Was that removing the burden from Yeah, exactly. Yeah, she saw that future and knew that she would be giving that power of foresight to Rumpel one day. I'm really curious. So Rumpel understands that things don't exactly transpire as the seer has said. But yet, when she says to Rumpel, that boy will be your undoing, he immediately says, oh, well, you know, I'll just do away with him. I'll just kill him. He knows the seer is right. It's not that what the seer says is false. It's how. It's how. It's the how is never exactly what you think. You will leave your child fatherless by your actions on the battlefield, and then he lays out, you left out those pesky details. So we know that this child will be his undoing. What we don't know is how. And right. that we didn't know is that it would be Henry. Rumpel has lived with the notion that he's going to fight this future and outwit it. And the way he's going to do it is by killing that child. So what was your favorite scene or moment from this episode? You know, my two favorite scenes are Emma in the bar with Neil. And it's the realization that Neil is Henry's father, that he is Balefire, which, you know, is something we actually came up with season one. And we were like, aren't we sneaky? And then all of a sudden, you know, our fans are so smart 
smart. They started to figure it out, and we were like, uh-oh, do we change it? But we loved it so much that we said, no, that's what it has to be. And I thought what was great about that scene for me personally was you just saw how much hurt and pain and history between them. And then, of course, the scene between Bay or Neil and Mr. Gold. And that scene where he gives him the three minutes, I think those two scenes are two of my favorite scenes. You know, you see a different side of Gold, and you see his son, and you see the hurt, and you get to see these characters in a new way, but you also get to see all the history on them, and I I just love that. And we'd lived with Gold's perspective for so long, and then you hear Neil's perspective, and it's just dreadful, and you understand where he's coming from. Yeah. For me, I love the ending. I love the final seer scene, intercut with Gold looking at Henry, and just what that could mean. Everyone in this episode was fantastic, and Jennifer was fantastic, and Michael was fantastic, and Jared was fantastic, and Robert was just fantastic. We really loved this episode. We were really excited, and then they just elevated it for us. You know, you just see it, and they really made it feel real. Yeah. You definitely had some power plays in that apartment. Yeah. So we've got a couple of Twitter questions for you. Lizzie Moe asks, why doesn't Gold ever use his magic to fix his limp? It's what we talked about earlier. I think he needs that to remind him of who he was and where he came from, and he likes to carry that pain with him. And Brian McGorrity asks... Which fairy tale character was the most difficult to adapt for the show? I think they've all been in difficult in their own ways because it's the challenge with each character of finding a way in that's hopefully new, that speaks to us as writers, and that's it's never easy. Do you wake up at night thinking about a character, like all of a sudden having an idea? Sure, Or absolutely. wake up with the cold sweat about not having an idea. Yeah, <laughs> more, more of a not having an idea. Okay, so it's sleep well when the ideas are Yes, yeah. when the ideas okay. are coming, we sleep well. When they're not, we cry. Well, thank you so much for your time. Thank you. Thank you. And thank you, everyone, for listening and tuning in. If you'd like to be a part of our next session, please add your question to our podcast post on the Once Facebook page, facebook.com forward slash onceabc. And please join Eddie and Adam next week and tune in to Once Upon a Time Sundays 8-7 Central on ABC and available the following day at abc.com. Hold up. 